jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And, you know, December, December 13th, it is hard to believe, but this is our last week of shows for 2021. It has been... I'm not that sorry to see 2021 go. It's been a crazy and bewildering year, starting with political chaos, a continuing pandemic and unprecedented weather events around the world, including this weekend, when a massive band of tornadoes hit eight states, leaving a path of devastation hitting Kentucky especially hard. Now, if anyone out there wants to help, and I know you do, and are looking for suggestions, go to Colbert Late Show on Twitter, where we have a list of organizations that you can support to make a difference for the victims of these terrible storms. It doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter who you are, Americans help each other out. Go check it out. Now, as I said, as I said, gotta reach out. That's right. As I said before, the politics of 2021 started with violence. Our third show of the year was January 6th. My no drink January quickly turned into <laughs> vodka Vember. Over 11 months later, we still don't know exactly what happened on that dark day, and thus far, the ringleaders have gotten off scot-free. That may be about to change thanks to the House Select Committee on January 6th. They are turning up the heat on administration officials involved in the planning of the insurrection, like former White House Chief of Staff and man using one phone to call his other phone to pretend... <laughs> to pretend that he has friends. Mark Meadows. Meadows originally agreed to cooperate with the committee before changing his mind. But when he was still cooperating, he gave the committee some pretty juicy details, like a PowerPoint document filled with extreme plans to overturn the 2020 election. PowerPoint? <laughs> they weren't just trying to overturn democracy, they were trying to bore it to death. <laughs> Reminds me... Bored to death. Bored to. Reminds me of that famous quote from T.S. Eliot, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a star wipe. <laughs> I just learned how to do that. <laughs> so, he seems happy. He's proud of himself. Yeah, he's proud of Let himself. Let us go then, you and I. So, what was in these slides of sedition? We're not exactly sure yet, but there is one deck that's been circulating that may be the deck in question. And one of the slides on that was a list of recommendations, including a plan to, quote, declare a national security emergency. 
I'm not sure exactly how you do that. I assume by breaking into every broadcast using the emergency bull system. <laughs> they were also planning to declare electronic voting in all states invalid. <laughs> Instead, they wanted to rely on, quote, legal and genuine paper ballot counts. Okay, so if you can't trust computers, how are you giving your presentation? Via PowerPoint <laughs> pigeon? They're staging a coo-coo. <laughs> One of the... Put that up. Thought we... One of the biggest mysteries of January 6th is, where was the National Guard? Well, information the committee got from Meadows may shed some light on that because on January 5th, he sent an email indicating that the National Guard was on standby to protect the rioters. The only way to really protect the MAGA mob would have been to go back in time and beg their fathers to hug them more. <laughs> These details are just further proof that the right wing has completely gone bunkers nutso. It's gotten so bad that yesterday, Chris Wallace announced he's leaving Fox News. It's, it's the end of an era. But luckily, Fox has already filled the time slot with the flaming Christmas tree. <laughs> Great ratings. Incredible ratings. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl ratings. People like to watch that, I guess. With Wallace's exit, Fox News will be losing their most decorated down-the-middle journalist. Yep. There goes Fox News' last shred of credibility. Now they have to change their slogan from fair and balanced to horse paste and guns, argle bargle, argle bargle. <laughs> argle bargle. Morble whoosh. Wallace's final show was yesterday, and his last guest was Lindsey Graham. Wow. What a way to go out. That's like being able to request anything as your last meal on death row and ordering an interview with Lindsey Graham. <laughs> so, What's next for Chris? Wallace will be joining CNN Plus. Well, sure. It's all part of their Lose a Chris, Get a Chris program. <laughs> now, quality joke. That's a quality joke. Oh, yeah, it's a quality It's true. Hey. Little tray, little tray at the door. We've learned an interesting tidbit about Russian president and man who forgot to take the coat hanger out of his jacket this morning. <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin, I think you look lovely, sir. <laughs> Putin sat down for an interview with Russian state television, or as he calls it, a selfie. <laughs> and he made a surprising admission. He said that after the collapse of the Soviet Union, he was forced to work as a taxi driver to earn extra cash. Unfortunately, he was not a very good driver. Based on this review, one star, long wait time, I was murdered. <laughs> and one star... Still one star. Still one star, even if you're murdered. One star, even Wish I could give zero stars. Cool. I'm guessing Putin drives the cab the same way he rides a horse. <laughs> now, moving on here. Oh, uh, I'm very careful, as you know, not to give spoilers about popular TV shows, especially this one right now. Although word may have leaked out that we've got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> also... <laughs> also, I've been a ghost the whole time. <laughs> but unfortunately, the news demands that I share a major spoiler from the new Sex and the City sequel, and just like that. Because in the first episode, 
Carrie's husband, Mr. Big, suffers a fatal heart attack while using a Peloton bike. Wow. There hasn't been an exercise-related TV death this shocking since a Bowflex shot JR. <laughs> Mr. Big's death was so traumatic that after the show premiered, Peloton stock fell 11%. <laughs> this is why I rarely say anything about real brands on this show. Case in point, last week, this is a true story. After Senator Ron Johnson said gargling with mouthwash cures COVID, I wanted to do a joke on the show about people dipping their balls into a name-brand mouthwash. <laughs> I can't say which brand, but it's within the scope of ones you've heard of before. <laughs> Chris. Chris, Chris, like my showrunner, heard from the network's army of lawyers and ad sales professionals, and they said the only mouthwash brand I was allowed to recommend dipping your balls into <laughs> was something called Breath. Has anyone ever heard of that? <laughs> Neither had I. But now I know that it is the number one dentist-recommended mouthwash to freshen your testicles. <laughs> Therabreath, get tingly on your jinglies. You can't buy that kind of advertising. I buy stock in Therabreath right now. It's the only mouthwash I use. Anyway, Peloton knew that their product was part of the plot of And Just Like That. They even let the show cast Jess King, one of their actual trainers, as Mr. Big's instructor. Now, for the record, Peloton instructors aren't supposed to kill you. <laughs> They're just supposed to keep yelling affirmations while you puke into a decorative bowl in your guest room. <laughs> now, Peloton did not love being blindsided by this plot point, saying HBO did not disclose their larger context surrounding the scene to Peloton in advance. Okay, but Peloton must have seen this coming. Everyone who's ever used one knows that at some point during each ride you think, I'm dying, this is how I die. <laughs> so, over the weekend, Peloton turned up the resistance on their damage control, blaming Big's death on his, quote, extravagant lifestyle, citing cocktails, cigars, and big steaks. Omitting the number one cause of death, he's a made-up person, and the writers can make anything happen that they want. They could have written, Big unzips his skin, and what he sees is actually a turtle. And now, for the next four episodes, they're in a terrarium, and Carrie blows their savings on a new heated rock. <laughs> made up. Then yesterday, Peloton dropped a commercial starring Chris Noth, who plays Big, and the Peloton instructor that ended like this. Cycling strengthens your heart muscles, lowers resting pulse, and reduces blood fat levels. He's alive. He's alive! He's alive! Evidently, evidently, Peloton commercials have the power to bring characters back to life. Here's their next one. Jack. There's a boat. Jack. Cycling improves resting heart rate! Now, that's heartwarming. <laughs> I get you. Yeah, still. Yeah. Even today. Yeah. Uh, right now, let, let me give you guys a choice. Would you rather have commercials or more show? More show! Okay, 
Just so you know, that might mean some product placement. Well, the first rule of show business is give the people what you told them to ask for. <laughs> well, I cross over here, say hello to John Baptiste and stay human, everybody. Yeah, Woo! More show, more show, more product placement. <laughs> yeah, baby, more show. All the way. Let's get it. Uh-huh. John, John, we have we have one of the, we have the most one of the most wonderful performers on the show tonight. Mr. Keanu Reeves is going to be out in just a moment. Yeah. Extraordinary. I love it. I love it. So lucky. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Folks, uh, tonight's more show is brought to you by DoorDash's Dash Pass, which I thought was just for food, but it turns out, yeah, I mean, I, I could have two dozen ginormous Levan cookies here in 15 minutes. But they also got CVS on here. Uh, I, I could order a bunch of diapers right now. I, I could order three bottles of bourbon from the wine shop if I want. I, I could even get a, a dozen long stem roses from the florist in Midtown. You got Bed Bath & Beyond, where I could order, like, what do they got here? A pumpkin-shaped soup tureen at 11.46 at night. <laughs> Should I do it? Soup tureen? Yeah. 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 One thing, I know, one thing I've learned is you can never have too many terrines. <laughs> anyway, folks, um, at the end of a rough year, we could all use a little rest and relaxation, and I'll tell you about the latest trends in pampering. In my new segment, Stephen Colbert's I Could Self-Care Less. <laughs> First up, hydration. But not the wimpy water bottle kind. I'm talking about hydration to the extreme. Because IV drips, the kind you might get if you're rushed to the hospital, are trending as a spa treatment. Your move, hospitals. If you want to stay competitive with spas now, you got to start training your heart surgeons to toss in a complimentary seaweed wrap. <laughs> Apparently, these IVs are as quick as rolling up your sleeve, getting your arm swabbed, and sitting still for 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, what's the option? Drink a glass of water? <laughs> no, thanks. I'm a busy man. <laughs> now, this, this might be hard to believe, but these IV drips aren't approved by the FDA and can be administered by unqualified people in settings like shopping malls. Disturbing notion, but an exciting promotion for the 15-year-old manager at the piercing kiosk. <laughs> Our next spa trend, a therapist in London, has created the Sonic Massage, combining a luxurious hands-on massage with an oral odyssey, with sounds including gong banging, tuning forks held close to the body, and the occasional Mexican death whistle thrown in for good measure. Now, of course, I've heard of gongs and tuning forks, but I've never been soothed by the sound of a Mexican death whistle. <laughs> Here's how it sounds in the hands of a master. This is the death whistle. Any more relaxed right now, I'd be ruining two pairs of pants. DoorDash. What? Huh? I'm sorry. What are you doing here? Oh, we've got all your stuff. And since you subscribe to Dash Pass, zero delivery fees. This is just a TV show. 
I didn't actually order anything. What's going on? Uh, well, based on these items, it looks like you're having a baby. Sit your wife flowers, you're panic buying diapers and pounding giant cookies while stress drinking out of a soup tureen. Got me. DoorDash, everybody. It says here that I love TV. It also says that I'm always surprised to see how many shows are actually spin-offs and reboots of other successful shows. I mean, just look right here on this network. One show, CSI alone, has spun off CSI colon Miami, CSI colon New York, CSI colon Cyber, and CSI colon Vegas. That's what's earned us the nickname CBS, the colon network. <laughs> that logo, it's not an eye. In fact, In fact, we have so many spin-offs here at CBS that a couple years ago, that guy over there, Joe Saylor, the cowboy hat-wearing, jazz-loving drummer in our band, actually actually got his own spin-off called Jazz Cowboy. It's an action-packed drama where he uses various percussion instruments to fight street crime. <laughs> Joe, how, how's the show going? It's really going great. In fact, it just got its own spinoff. Wait a second. Jazz Cowboy, yeah. a spinoff of The Late Show, yes, sir. has its own spinoff? Yes. What's it about? Well, it's a little hard to explain. Why don't I just show you the preview? Well, we don't really have time to actually have uh, you. Roll it, Jim. Hurry up. I'm hacking as fast as I can. What was that? Probably just the cooling system. Now keep breaking into the mainframe so we can do cyber crimes. Something's happening. Is that a tambourine gift? Um, actually, it's Prince Jeff. Howdy, hackers. Jazz Cowboy! Enter Jazz Passcode. Jazz passcode accepted. No! They hacked my tambourine! Hello. We have a message for the so-called Jazz Cowboy. We have hijacked the net and are currently deleting all forms of jazz. Down. 
in the building. He cut the hard line. Must activate the dark web. Looks like Jazz is dead. Eat laser cannon! Relax. Don't lose your head. Nice one, Jazz Cowboy. Looking forward to the show, Joe. Congratulations. And thanks to Paul Giamatti. We'll be right back with Keanu Reeves. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. Welcome back, everybody. You know my guest tonight from such movies as Speed, Point Break, and John Wick. His latest is The Matrix Resurrections. All the explanation we need. Oh. No. No, 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 no. Whoa, no. whoa, what do you mean, no? You wanted this, you did this. This was your idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a test. An experiment. An experiment? You put me in a tiny-ass modal, left me to bang my head till I nearly lost my searching for you as an experiment. The exit's breaking down. He hasn't taken the pill. What? There's no time. I know, I know. He's, he's having a moment. Does he know how hard it was to hack that mirror? Still open. This... This... Can't be real. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Keanu Reeves. Good evening. Hello, New York. Hey, good to see you again. Nice to see you, sir. You look very dapper tonight. Oh, well, that's kind. Thank you very much. No, not at all. Thank you for dressing up. Not everybody does. I like dressing up. Some people up. weren't raised right. You obviously were. Now, listen, I watched the movie last night. It is oh, super cool. fun to see you again as Mr. Anderson and, and Neo. It's also super fun for us, the audience, and I don't think I'm giving anything away here, for us to know more than Mr. Anderson does at the beginning of the film. No, I think that's kind of what makes it delightful. Yeah, your you know, rediscovery of the Matrix of is, is, what is really... Real, what's and of Trin on. And of Trinity, too. I'm not going to give yes. any more away at that point. But that, the, the scenes of you guys together are really just fantastic. Oh, thank they're you. Really, they really are like we, we're pulling for you guys as a couple. <laughs> uh, or at least I, I am. We Me haven't too. seen it yet. But, okay, but here's the thing. Okay. 2003, you know, when the makes Matrix uh, yeah. Revolutions yeah. came out, uh, the Wachowski said, uh, Wachowski said, that's it. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, what was your reaction? What, were you surprised when Lana Wachowski called you and said, we're doing another one? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a little shocking. But it was a really uh, beautiful phone call um, out of the blue. And then, uh, yeah, so she called and she said, I'm thinking about doing another Matrix film. And I was stood up and I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? 
And then she was like, yes. And then I was like, but we're dead. Spoiler, for those of you who had not a chance to see Makes Us Revolutions in the last 18 years, <laughs> at the end, uh, y'all blowed up real good. Yes, we did. But um, it's the Matrix. And so, you sure. know, anything... And it's called Resurrections. So... Um, <laughs> not to give too much away. <laughs> but, uh, but believe me, it'll all make sense. <laughs> Sense is a strong word, but it it's is. very entertaining. It I is. will say this. Very entertaining. Yeah. I'm glad okay. you liked it. Thank so, you. first day back as uh, Mr. Anderson. Sure. By the way, is, is, he, is he Thomas Anderson to you, or is he Neo? He's Thomas Anderson Neo. Okay. <laughs> if you don't want to answer my questions, just say I, I just don't answered want to answer your question. question. I'm Thomas Anderson and Neo. All right. Yeah. Are they di- what's the difference between those two guys in your mind? I, oh, my gosh. I was just about to say one is Thomas Anderson and one is Neil. <laughs> yeah. well, let, let me but, let that sink in. That's too deep of okay, an answer okay, for okay, me. But let how, me just how, hold how on. About, okay. But yeah, but I was about to say it wasn't true because I was about to say Thomas Anderson's his real life, but he's actually in the Matrix, but that's... And then Neo exists in the digital computer-generated reality, but then is also living in the real world... So it's Thomas, Thomas Anderson and Neo. I accept your answer. I, <laughs> I apologize for pressing okay. too hard. I don't want to... But he was born as Thomas Anderson. Was he? Wasn't he just harvested, <laughs> like, grown in, like, a lab and yeah, put into they... a pod and harvested? Is that born? Yeah, but isn't it? I don't, I don't know. He has consciousness. He, he, true, yes, he has consciousness. And in the world, they... But he wasn't really born until he was freed from the illusion of Thomas Anderson, and he is born into the reality of being Neo. Yeah. 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 More with Keanu Reeves after this. Now, you famously uh, do a fair amount of your own physical work. Mm. on your movies. What was the craziest thing? Because there were some crazy stunts yeah. in these movies. What's the craziest thing yeah. you, you got to slash had to do? Jump off a building. How big, how big of a building are we talking here? 40, I'm going to guess around 46 stories. Yeah. But really jump off the building? Yeah, well, yeah, jump off and the building. And so much of the movie is digital. Why do they make you jump off a real building? <laughs> Because it's Lana Wachowski and it's the Matrix and you need natural light and you want to do it real. I mean, there's wires. So anyway, so, yeah, Carrie Ann and I grab hands and yes. we leapt off a building. And how do you feel about heights? Uh, they get me a little, like, I don't know. What happens when you get old when, you, when you're on heights and you start getting attracted to, like, wanting to jump? What is that? That is, a, is, that is a reason to seek help. <laughs> How many times did you have to do it? Um, well, we wanted to do it in the perfect light in, in the morning. And so we did it, I, I would say, around 19, 20 times over the wow. course of two days. How did Carrie Ann feel about it? I mean, you know, to prepare for something like that, you just... I mean, she speaks a lot about kind of preparing mentally for it. And, and I was doing that, too. And... Um, <laughs> And by the time you get there, sure. I mean, my heart rate was a little raised, but then after the first time, you, you, can't, you can't think of the possibility, you can't think of the fear. 
You have to get, you have to block that. You, not block it, but deal with it, absorb it, and then just be there and do. And that's what we did. Be there and do. Yeah. And we did. And we did. Now, you did. And it was awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine just leaping off of a building? Have you, ever bungee, have you ever bungee jumped or anything like that? I haven't. Oh, yeah. No, because I'm scared of that. I don't sure. Know. <laughs> now, but 18 years from the last movie to this movie, how, no offense, yeah. and I don't mean to offend you, okay, but we're the ahead. same age. Cool. How does your body handle the kung fu 18 years later? <sighs> um, I love it. And I think because I love it so much, it doesn't matter. Oh, the question. Um, recovery. You have, to, you have to recover differently being old. A little bit longer recovery time? Yeah, yeah. You have to pay a little more attention to that. Mm hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, a lot of attention to that. <laughs> and, and, now, and I can't do what I used to, but I can still do what I do. And, you know, with experience comes efficiency, and so you're more efficient. But you still, you know, but you want, you know, but you want to dance, and you want to play, and you want to sing. <laughs> And you want to, like, you know? I know. I 100% know. You know? So... Yeah, I do. Yeah, so... So whatever, man. <laughs> I didn't mean to bum you out. I I'm was just sorry, curious. No. I'm sorry, I apologize. I know. Okay, okay. now, one of, one of the characters, and I won't say who, one of the characters in, in the movie, fairly early on, says, nothing comforts anxiety like a little nostalgia which is an interesting, you know, self-reference to people being so happy to see this, oh, well, that's this world. You know, I think it really is like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I want to see how this gets explored yeah. again. Yeah. This is such an anxious period of time. How do you feel it about is. that idea that nostalgia actually comforts in moments of anxiety? I think it does. I think it can. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think it depends on what you're nostalgic. Well, I guess even being called nostalgia means that it's a positive experience right because mm -hmm. otherwise it would be a, a bad memory but sure, anyway a flashback <laughs> a flashback or something nostalgia but um yeah i think it can bring comfort and i think part of what i feel the film explores too is that with that passage of time yes you can be nostalgic but then you're in your present right when you when you come out of that reverie and then okay so where am i now what happened how do i feel about that time and then where i am now um, so that can start to cause a little anxiety too, and then. Maybe... What do you do? People admire your worldview and how you sort of live your day uh, oh. on a daily basis. I'm curious what a. How does how does Keanu Reeves uh, deal with anxiety? <sighs> Breathe. Yeah, you got to breathe. Uh, breathe. Activate the vagus nerve there. And <laughs> the vagus nerve. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, breathe. Um, try to figure out why are you afraid? What does that mean? And then um, try and, yeah, try to just be and, and let not what you're afraid of define the the, the present that you hope to be in when you go do what you're afraid of. No, I'm on board. I don't know. I took the whole ride. I took the whole ride I'm on that so one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're, there's so many. Or not. <laughs>
just just be afraid and just deal. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> just lean, just lean just into it. Lean, lean into exactly. it. Exactly. And bite yeah. its head off. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so did I say that? Anyway. Yeah, you can say bite its head off. Did you say a bad word? No. Well, we have to take another break, but stick around. We'll be right back with more Keanu Reeves. The last few films that you've done, Bill and Ted, uh, uh, John Wick, now, now uh, Matrix, these are, uh, you know, uh, returning to characters that you've played before, which I assume has its, its forms of nostalgia and its, and its pleasure. Is there a character you've played before you'd like to play again that no one is asking you to? Uh, and keep in mind, when you say this, yeah. someone will then ask you to. So be careful that's how you... That's not true. That, no. That's not true. Look, who's not going to want Keanu Reeves to be in another Keanu because, Reeves movie? Because that happens. Um, what? I want to play... I would love to play John Constantine again from The Constantine. Great film. Love that. Yeah. Are you saying, are you saying right now that if you are willing to play John Constantine again on national television with the prospect that Stephen Colbert might have a guest starring role, that there, nice, that no one will make that movie? It, I've tried, I've tried, Stephen. Wow. If you get it made, because I so enjoyed that movie, could I play a reluctant demon? A reluctant a small, demon. A small part, a reluctant demon who doesn't want to mess with John Constantine, but it's his nature. It's his nature. That's all. I want to help you. That sounds we're friends. Awesome. Yes. I, you were but, friends. But I so much want to help you. What am I going to do? What are you doing? What am I going to do? Uh, you know I love you, by which I mean hate you. That's kind of, yeah, it's a thin line, isn't it? Between love and hate? Yeah. So I've read. So I've heard. Mm hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I would love to. Now, you recently have added a, a, a new credit to your name. You are now a comic book creator. Tell me about Berserker. Um, yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for asking. Um, this comic book, um, you, you're holding volume one, which is the first four issues of the first arc of a 12-issue series called Berserker. And it's about a character that was born 80,000 years ago who's half human and half a god and who's kind of con cursed with uh, um, the compulsion to violence. And there is a, a very interesting one frame in here which uh, uh, <laughs> everyone is saying is a reference to you. You, you know what that Oh, that about. one. So we all are familiar. We're all, we're all familiar with uh, sad. I'm just eating a sandwich, Sad Keanu. Man. The sad Keanu <laughs> meme right there. Man, this I'm is a frame sandwich. of Berserker from... Yeah. There you go. Okay. Okay. So you're not actually sad and sad, Keanu? I was thinking. I had some stuff going on. Sure. I was hungry. So, um, yeah, life and art. So that simili similarity... So Ron Garney is the uh, amazing artist who's illustrating and drawing Berserker. I didn't know he was going to do that, but that's what he did. So I think it's kind of meta. <laughs> so he decided to take, I believe, this might not even be true, but he took this moment, and because the character that I play, Berserker, is just kind of waiting for this moment to happen, 
because he's being studied by the American government in the black, black ops program sure. to try and figure out why he's immortal, sure. how does he regenerate, yeah. um, and uh, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how, how do I exist and how do I end my, my immortality. But so he's sitting there, and then so the artist kind of took that, I think, took that meme and whatever that is, that photo, and then um, put it into the comic book. And so, uh, but that's life and art, right? Yes. Well, and we've got to go here in just a moment, but I do want to ask you, speaking of life in art or your, your, your life represented in art, wh why do you think you're so memeable? There are so many Keanu memes out there. I have no clue, sir. Really? Really. You don't understand? Like, uh, because you have such a distinct character of your own, and yet people kind of lay on you meaning. You know what I mean? They lay meaning <laughs> on... on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you care. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. The Matrix Resurrection is in theaters and on HBO Max on December 22nd. Keanu Reeves, everybody. This has been The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.